Primetime with Sean Mooney is brought to you by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And by ZipRecruiter. Coming up, I'll tell you how you can use ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. However, standing by right now is the one and the only Sean Mooney. Who? Mooney, everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. <laughs> After you threw him off through the announce table, Taker climbs back down, he gets in the ring, and he goes, see if he's breathing. So right before I called 911, I thought she was falling asleep. So I nudged her, she didn't respond. I was sitting out in my front yard, and they told me that uh, she didn't make it. If they would do a movie about your life, who would you want to play your part? <laughs> Well, George Clooney, of course. <laughs> Who else could it be? You know, I think it would take probably $100,000 at least to bring us in for the Hall of Fame. Are you laughing, Sean? I get off the track here all the time. Did you just laugh, Sean? You can't You can't even show them on TV because they're so busy humping each other that you can't even show them on TV. <laughs> Attention, Sean Mooney, you scum, you slime, you maggot. If there's no further questions, you're dismissed. Carry on, maggot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Primetime with Sean Mooney. Another great episode, and thank you so much for joining us once again. We're coming off a week with a conversation with Nick Aldis, and that was uh, a great conversation. I loved hearing his take on uh, the really the new world of professional wrestling that uh, he's a part of, along with Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and a lot of these other great independent wrestlers who are pretty much uh, you know, designing their own destiny in the business and uh, he had a great take on how he sees uh, how these matches should go and how these promotions should go. And he is definitely one of those to watch, uh, Nick Aldis. And uh, I really appreciate Nick coming on PTSM. Uh, another great conversation here today. I can't wait to get to it. Another a trailblazer in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, you remember him well. He's uh, still at it. Woo, woo, woo. You know it. Zack Ryder, who uh, really was one of the guys, one of the guys early on in the world of professional wrestling, wrestling that realized just what uh, the the social media platforms could do, and uh, he uh, started to uh, put on a show on uh, YouTube, and that launched his career with the WWE. He was really going nowhere, and then he basically made them take notice uh, with the fans that he garnered from all of the. Uh, YouTube videos that he was putting up, and we're going to hear a lot more about that and what he's been up to, and also his newest venture. Uh, if you know, he's a, a big fan of collecting uh, these wrestling figures, and he has a new podcast out. We're going to be hearing a lot more about that coming up. Uh, man, uh, I hope you were among those that joined us. It was a small crowd, and we wanted to keep it that way, in a sense, so that we could really get a, a great take on uh, what people thought of it. But this past Sunday... Uh, we had our very first watch-along, our very first PTSM watch-along, and uh, it was really a great experience. I loved it. And as I've said before, that um, you know we were looking for a platform we could use that wasn't uh, Patreon, wasn't Twitch, uh, wasn't going to require this major commitment. We want to uh, be able to put these events out there, and if you like them, you you come and join us. And once it's over with, you can uh, you know you can come back and join another one. But there's no commitment. We don't have your credit card. It's not rolling over. 
And we did Saturday night's main event from February 8th, 1992. And I had a blast. And one, uh, not only just because uh, we were able to you know, go over the event, you know, watch it together, but uh, people could interact throughout uh, the two hours that we were up and ask questions. And we gave away a lot of stuff. I had trivia questions. But at the end of it, people were able to come on the broadcast, as I'll call it, with me. And uh, we could interact live and they could ask questions. And it was just a lot of fun. Um, if you were a part of it, I hope you'll continue to give us feedback on it. If you missed it, please stay tuned. Uh, we've got a lot more coming up. And uh, we'd love to hear your suggestions on what else you would like to see when we do these uh, basic pay-per-views. I mean, that's our, our, our very own pay-per-views that uh, our great listeners can be a part of. So uh, that is going to be coming up uh, in the near future. If you want to see what we did, uh, we've got it up on demand now uh, through Crowdcast, and you can uh, take a look at it. All you have to do is go to Primetime Mooney Live, PrimetimeMooneyLive.com, PrimetimeMooneyLive.com, and you can go and, uh, and, and watch it. And uh, after you do, I hope that you'll get in touch with me. Of course, you can reach me at PrimetimeMooney at gmail.com and give me your comments and maybe some suggestions on what kind of shows you'd like to see coming up. But I uh, really foresee doing more of these and I want to thank all of those uh, out there who, who tuned in. It was, it was really fun. Okay. Uh, we'd love to keep you uh, following us on Twitter and also Instagram. Twitter and Instagram. You can uh, follow us at Primetime Mooney, at Primetime Mooney. But in the meantime, what do you say we get to our conversation this week with Zach Ryder? Let's do it. Ding, ding, ding. This is a conversation I have been looking forward to having uh, as you know, as we've been moving along, as the uh, Primetime with Sean Mooney podcast has uh, evolved, uh, not only have we been talking to a lot of the superstars that were with the WWF at the time, uh, the WWE as we all know it today, um, but uh, we talked to a lot of superstars during that era. But I've also really enjoyed talking to people that were younger at the time who entered the business and a lot of the influence uh, that they had uh, about the business came from a lot of these superstars. And these guys have changed the business since. And that is certainly an individual we have on with us today. Uh, Zach Ryder joins us. Zach, so much. I'm glad that you and I finally got together. Uh, before we went on here, I told you uh, that we did meet once before back yes. uh, when they had the thousandth episode of Raw. But thanks so much for coming on. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Uh, I'm honored to be a part of the show. Big fan of, of yours. Yeah, um, I, 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 was, I just mentioned that we saw each other at, at that uh, anniversary a special with Raw, and my son went with me, and he was uh, pretty young at the time. He's 19 now, so you know that was a few years ago. But um, he was so into the WWE at the time, and you were one of the guys that he loved to follow because of, of what you were doing with YouTube and all that. And we'll, we'll get into it. Sure but, sure. but before we do that, I always like to uh, get right to what you've been up to lately, and I, 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 I'm loving it. I know that you've been a big collector your entire life. Oh, and, I think it's more of an obsession yeah. than collecting. <laughs> an <Yeah>. illness? <laughs> yeah. right. No, but uh, it, it's called the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. And uh, how did this How did this all come about? Is this the, the evolution of Zack Ryder? That, uh, do, you, do you knew one day this was going to happen? Uh, well, you know, Kurt Hawkins and I, uh, we love figures. And uh, we talk about them literally every day through text or in person. And uh, we decided, like, why don't we just do a podcast about figures? Because there's a lot of other 
fans out there, a lot of other collectors out there. So let's try to, uh, you know, start this little community about, you know, because we're all grown men here, collected yeah. figures, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, of course, you know, there's kids out there playing with them. But there's a lot of adult collectors who they either have their figures from their childhood or they're collecting the new Mattel figures. So uh, this podcast is just about, you know, the collecting, uh, our collections. And we we, we, uh, we sprinkle in some uh, some wrestling stories in there. But we, there's so many wrestling podcasts out there, so we try to be different with just wrestling figures, you know? Yeah, but but it, it's fun because I was just going to mention that it 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 certainly is focused on the uh, wrestling figures, but I love the way that you do. You sprinkle stuff in; it's a conversation, and that obviously is what uh, is another big draw to the podcast is that uh, you do have that that you do have these conversations. Do you remember what was your first figure that you got? Is it, does that stand out to you? Do you remember? Or oh, did you man. get a couple at once? Yeah, people always ask me, like, what was my first match that I <laughs> remember watching my first uh, action figure, but I was so young. Like, my dad got me into wrestling when I was a little, little baby. He claims that he took me to WrestleMania 2, but I would not have even been uh, one years, uh, one year old yet, so I think he's lying. But Maybe uh, he had the papoose thing going on that uh, yeah, we were talking about today on Twitter. All those... Um, <laughs> those old school rubber LJN figures, those, that's what I grew up on. I was playing with them. I was, you know, using them as, as chew toys, biting off the fingers and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, that like my whole childhood is, is just wrestling. That's all I remember. Well, I have to tell you, Zach, one of the greatest, uh, uh, regrets in my life. And I, I really, I had nothing to do with it, but there is not a Sean Mooney, wrestling figure out there that's a travesty i, I, I can't believe it. i'm gonna to talk to my friends in myself I, I can't make any promises okay but i mean but can you believe that i mean gene probably has what 50 i mean i think they just came out with a new one they just come out with a new uh bg uh i wouldn't say 50 he's got a couple though he's definitely got a couple well but yeah that's uh that's kind of bs well and, and you being a collector right you would know that if there was one if you if they how rare that would be it would be worth <laughs> who knows how much money i mean right. hey zach uh, you can get i think they sell my uh the, the collector's cards you know those baseball cards right. yes. you can get uh, you know two three dollars on ebay on, uh, for, <laughs> for one of those that are signed for my don't feel bad because like there's all the uh the fans who wait wait at the airports to try to get us to to still sign like yeah. the tops cards and and i'm like i, I collect this stuff so i know that these cards are like worthless so the, these poor guys are waking up at 5 a.m yeah. to try to get everyone to sign their their tops baseball cards and then on ebay they're selling for like five bucks right right yeah <laughs> so i mean i guess you gotta sell like a hundred cards to make a lot of money well you know when people they send them to me and it's, oh, oh still i mean i left the wwf zach in, in 1993 and these cards still show up and it's been more since i started doing the podcast but i'm not yeah. i'm not kidding you over the years they would just come from all over the place you know england uh you know because uk was big over there but uh, yeah, they send me these cards, and somebody was. I remember one of my friends told me, you know, yeah, they send you these cards, and you sign them, and you send them back to them. I said, <laughs> well, if somebody has taken the time to track me down and sent a self-addressed uh, envelope with a stamp on it, the least I could do is sign that thing and send it back to them. He's like, well, they're making money off you. I said, yeah, two dollars. I mean, I guess over the <laughs> years, I'd probably have amassed. 500 <laughs> you're, you're too nice of a guy because the same thing happens to me and yeah. i don't send them back <laughs> really <laughs> because uh, then it confirms that i live there yeah but i don't not that they've never come to my home i had a, oh, okay, I had a production company here in tucson for a okay. while and then they send them i work at a local station here 
in, uh, in out here in Arizona. That's a little, that's a little different. Show. Yeah, no, that would be scary. I don't feel as I don't feel as bad. Yeah, the, but you no, know, you're right. You have a good point. That would that, it's just a little scary when they know where you live. I, and I, mean, I do I, totally I do feel it. bad when I don't send it back. You know, no. I'm not cold. You know, cold blooded. You know, but I can't I can't do it. I can't confirm. And then they'll tell their friends, "Ooh, just go." You know. Go to the mail and and send something to Zach Ryder and he'll he'll mail it back. Right. You know, I can't I can't confirm that. Well, you have uh, a, a, quite a following. I mean, you have two point two million Twitter followers. I don't have. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm coming I up on I think I'm a little over eight eight thousand now, Zach. So uh, you know, it's not a problem in my life. So I think <laughs> all the might be for I think you. all the Twitter numbers and all that stuff. It's I think it's it's bogus. Well. It's pretty impressive, though. I tell you, there's not a lot oh, yeah, of people who do. Helps, you know. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, so let's let's get into it because I always uh, love to when I have people come on because most of them are just incredibly fascinating fascinating stories. You're no exception here, and and many of them are very inspirational. Uh, I know you grew up on Long Island. Isn't that funny how we say that? You don't say in Long Island. You say I grew up in Arizona. I'm glad you said that because a lot of people say in Long Island. I'm like, no, 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 no. it's on Long Island. Yeah, that's true. Uh, And in Merrick, uh, a town. See, I spent a lot of time back east, you know, not just because when I was working for the WWF, but I lived in the city for uh, about six years. So uh, I know that area very well. I had a lot of friends who lived out on Long Island and, uh, it's a, it's a great place to grow up. It's a really, uh, a lot happening out in that area. Yeah. I liked it because, you know, it wasn't in the middle of New York city. You could just take yeah. a train like 45 minutes and like be in the, in the hustle and bustle, you know, but it was a nice, like, I don't know, suburban, uh, neighborhood. And it was a great, uh, great childhood for sure. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I imagine that that obsession with wrestling, not just with the figures, but the the you know the the business itself, started early on. You said your dad got you into it even before you knew it. It sounds right. Like. And yeah. I, you know, he was taking me to all the uh, the shows at the Nassau Coliseum, or you know, I went to WrestleMania ten at Madison Square Garden, or SummerSlam ninety one at Madison Square Garden. So it was great being um, in New York and having yeah. so many events there. I felt like you know that you could go to a show like every month if you wanted to. Oh, exactly. I mean, we had shows right. everywhere. I mean, remember the Nassau Coliseum, right? You and uh, you know, Alfred and I would go down to. Uh, Madison Square Garden every month, and we do these shows. Right. Remember back then we did uh, Superstar Billy Graham was also our third man, which was fun we're doing shows with him because I had heard the lore of him. And um, this is before his you know his health really started to decline. It was tougher. You know, you see with those guys, their bodies just fall apart sure. uh, at some point. But um, it really was. If you lived in that area in New England, because they also did shows every month at the Boston Garden, and, uh, you know, it was – a, a great way because you got to see these guys all the time. I don't remember how expensive they were, but what a great time to grow up. I mean, is that uh, those memories vi- vivid with superstars and wrestling challenge uh, still? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. And even now, like the, the wrestling figures that like that I buy, it's only like the old stuff. You know, I'm not mm. I'm not buying like the Dean Ambrose. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm going back and, and I'm only getting like the old stuff because that's my childhood. That's what I remember. That's what drove me to get into this business. Yeah. And, um, you know, I can't I can't say why I love it. I just I just know that I do. It's just like this this indescribable feeling. And uh, it's ever since I was a little kid, I just knew that I wanted to be uh, in WWE. And, you know, like as I grew older and I didn't grow out of wrestling, I think people kind of, you know, 
they didn't really take me as seriously. Like, well, okay, now like you're in high school, like you have to apply to college. Like, what do you what are you really gonna be? I'm like, no, like you don't get it. Like, I'm going to be in WWE, <laughs> and I'm I'm not a super positive person, you know. Like 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 um, now I, obviously I set goals and stuff like that, but like I, I was a skinny little kid who wasn't very athletic in high school. Like I had no business saying that I'm going to be a WWE superstar, you know? And now I understand why people didn't take me seriously, but I knew, Hey, once, once it's graduation, I'm going to find a wrestling school. I'll go to community college. I worked out a little deal with my parents. You know, I would, I would go to the college and they would pay for my wrestling school. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, I don't necessarily believe in fate, but everything kind of happens for a reason and it all worked out for me. And I got signed like very, very early into my, uh, dependent career like i got signed when i was 20 years old yeah that's that's amazing you know i don't know if a study has ever been done but uh you know i think i could base it on this podcast of talking to many of the superstars i think that if they did a study and they asked uh these successful superstars did you have backyard wrestling i would think i mean i think that (laughs) that the percentage of how many actually ended up doing well in the business would be pretty high because that shows an incredible <laughs> devotion. And, and oh, I know my, you, you did the same thing, right? Oh yeah. And uh, <laughs> like, I was such a, a loser. Like and I was like, cause when I was in high school, wrestling wasn't cool. This was after the attitude era, mm, you know, like the yeah. attitude era had just ended. And, it, and so like when I was growing up, like kindergarten, first grade, everyone was into like the WWF, you know, like superstars sure. wrestling challenge. And then like the mid nineties, everyone kind of got out of it. Mm-hmm. And it was just myself and like my brothers, like we kind of liked it. Well, no, we loved it, but there was no one else that we could really share it with. Yeah. And then like 97, 98, like 99, it was like now everyone was wearing the Austin 316 DX NWO. And then like with a snap of fingers, they just stopped. And it was just like, yeah, me and a close group of friends, like just all alone, and that's when we started doing the backyard wrestling. And um, obviously, don't try this at home. It's definitely was not yeah. safe, you know. Obviously, we were not trained by any means, but um, that's what I loved doing. I, I I had my own promotion. I was I was the booker, you know what I'm yeah. saying. And I loved yeah. like the creative, uh, just like putting the storylines together, and then actually putting the match. We had our pay per views and everything like that. So it was a lot of fun and. I don't regret one bit of it. <laughs> Zach, uh, we still have a lot more to talk about, but I'm going to take a quick break here. You know, I know you're you're uh, we're a ladies' man. I know you're uh, uh, very happy where you are right now, but you know, I I know that uh, you were something else with the spiked hair and the woo woo woo, right? But uh, guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Some of us may need a little more help these days. Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's right. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable... They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever that opportunity arises. Now, BlueChew.com is prescribed online, and they ship it straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Now, they're made in the USA, and since BlueChew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than in a pharmacy. Right, that's exactly right. Now. Uh, you've got a very special deal 
that you can have right here if you act quickly. If you'll recall, when Blue Chew first came out, uh, they, they everybody was talking about them, and uh, with they were doing a lot more than talking about them. They were ordering them, and they ran out, absolutely ran out. Well, now they're back, but who knows for how long? But this is your chance. You got a special deal, and therefore. Our listeners here on Primetime with Sean Mooney, if you visit BlueChew.com right now, you'll get your first shipment absolutely free when you use our special promo code PRIMETIME. That's P-R-I-M-E-T-I-M-E, and you'll just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's BlueChew, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code PRIMETIME to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And of course, we are just thrilled that they are now a sponsor here on Primetime with Sean Mooney. Well, you, and you mentioned that, uh, you know, uh, you got signed very early on. Uh, before I get to that, though, uh, you said, you know, you're not a great, you know, we're not a great positive person. You're this skinny kid in high school, but you also faced a major adversity early on with uh, a battle with cancer. And I think you right. were a sophomore in high school. Uh, that had to have been a, uh, a life-altering experience. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, mean um, long story short, that sucked. I had a, a tumor in my right foot um, that spread to, to my lungs. So I had tumors in, uh, mm. two tumors in one lung and one in the other. So I had, you know, all the surgeries, the, the chemo, losing the hair, like everything that, wow. all those like horror stories, like I went through, uh, all these complications. Um, like it was a big deal and it sounds so cliche, but like the only thing that the only like light at the end of the tunnels, like, well, I gotta, I gotta survive this. I gotta make it through this because I have to get to WWE. Like that was it. And I know it sounds like so cliche, but it's it's so so true. Yeah, and I, but I think it was what a, a sarcoma that you had. Um, yes, that you said you mentioned it started on your foot, and you was there a point you know oh they did the operation I'm good this is just a little blip in my life and then it got really serious. Was it a matter of months before it spread, or was this all that you know just one thing happened after another? Well, what happened was there was this uh, little, I would say like a, a pea-sized tumor, like on my right foot. Yeah. And I like showed my mom and like we went to the doctor and they, they said like, keep an eye on it. But I wasn't like an idiot kid. So I'd, I didn't realize like that it was getting bigger every day. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. I didn't realize how, until the, like one day we were at the beach. My mom was like, whoa, what, what's going on? Like, I guess like a couple of weeks or maybe a month or so went by and it had gotten to like a, almost like a golf ball size. Mm. And like, I don't know, like. Looking back, I'm like, how did I not like notice this? Yeah. You know, but I, I can't make any excuse. So anyway, we went to, you know, the doctors and they ended up, you know, removing it, doing the biopsy, everything. They realized it was a cancerous tumor, but they thought they had caught it earlier, early enough that no chemo or anything would be needed. But they they said that if this type of cancer is a synovial sarcoma, for, I don't know how they knew this, but if it were to spread, it's going to spread to your lungs. Hmm. So. You need to get a chest x-ray every month. And that's what we did. And uh, just about a year later of getting it every month, we saw the two tumors in one and one in the other. So we caught it like as early as you could catch it. Wow. Right. Yeah. But um, but that meant, you know, the cancer was in the blood. And uh, now the the chemo, it was needed. It was 100% necessary. Yeah. And uh, you come out of that, which, uh, you know, thank God. Um, 
But you know, you hear people talk all the time that, and it, and it sounds, you know, it's like a movie. I mean, you were a Make a Wish kid, which is it had, you know, how serious it must have been. Right. But uh, where you say, okay, I, you know, I, I this was my life changing moment. I said, you know, I'm going to do great things because of this. But they don't also realize, you know, that that people, it's 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 like PTSD. That it they ha- there can be a very uh, dark part of it, and and it it isn't you know what you'd call a, an inspiring experience in life. Uh, what was it for you? Did you have to battle out of that and then uh, and then get on this journey, or did it inspire you? What what happened? I mean, I I wouldn't say it necessarily inspired me, but the the passion for for wrestling is what like drove me to get through it. Uh-huh. Because like I can't even describe to you like in words like how bad it was. Like I felt uh-huh. like I was like I, I had like no feelings at some time. I was like a zombie. Like literally my parents were 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 taking me to the hospital and I'd be like in the hospital for a weekend in chemo. But like I don't like remember I was like out of it the whole time. Just like I wasn't even like a person mm-hmm. um on the weeks like I would be getting the chemo and stuff like that. And I knew um I just had it I had to get through this. Like obviously it's not like up to me to get through it, you know, but like that was my my mindset is like no matter what I can't give up like this this is just like a setback you know this isn't going to be forever and uh, eventually I'll get through it and I'll you know fulfill all my dreams yeah and that's so uh, cliche I know it's so cliche well, but no but no really I mean that's that, I can't even imagine unless somebody has been through that they can't understand completely but from the beginning of this so say I don't you said you were a sophomore so was this a two year period of time i mean how long from say start to finish to where you could continue your life again it started in the summer going into my 10th grade so i guess as a sophomore right yeah and then all the way till like the i want to say like the middle of junior junior year so almost two years wow amazing and do you still do you still have to get you know, checked or I don't oh, know how I'm often. All or, good. Yeah. All good. That's a, that's incredible. Yeah, I'm uh, very very blessed. Yeah, and so you get through it, and and uh, <laughs> you said your parents were probably thinking, yeah, we we know he's got this obsession with wrestling. They probably even encouraged it because they knew what it, the positive impact it had during that. Sure. But was was there a point where they said, okay, all right, uh, Matt, you know, you're you're good at this point. So let's now we go do the things that adults do. You go to school and you're going to have a career and you know, work eight to five somewhere was it, or did right. they follow, let you follow that dream? I mean, my parents were both, um, completely supportive. My mom, you know, she's a, she's a mother. So she's looking at her kid who's like 160 pounds skinny, uh-huh. you know, saying like he wants to be in the WWE when like the rest of his friends are applying to colleges, yeah. you know, like, so yeah. I understand her concern looking back, Yeah, you know? Um, but like I said, you know, they paid for my wrestling school. I went to uh, Nassau Community College. All right. uh, I basically just went so they paid for my wrestling school. Like, not the smartest move. I didn't take it seriously. Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. Yeah. But at the time, I needed, for myself, I needed no plan B. I needed to make sure that this worked no matter what. Um, and like I said, not the smartest thing, but that's what ended up working for me. Um, so I started wrestling in September of 2003. And I got signed to WWE in February of 2006. So, I mean, very, very shortly after I started, I got signed. And I'm very, very fortunate. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, you would talk about the thousands and thousands and thousands of uh, young people that would that want to do it. Right. And just to get through a school and then, you know, there's a lot of these guys, they can do independent shows and uh, – 
but to actually, and I don't know if it had to do with your geography where you were and, uh, you know, that uh, proximity to the shows that were happening there, uh, maybe your connection to, uh, was it Mikey Whipwreck who uh, trained you, but how did you, it, you know, start making that next move? Because that's a real short period of time when you're training and then suddenly you're actually a professional. Right. So it's a, a combination of all those things, actually. Mm. Um, around that time, WWE was doing these weird, like, online tryouts where you'd sign up online and they'd, or you'd apply online. They'd pick a couple people and they would do uh, tryouts before random live events. Mm-hmm. And they were doing one on Long Island. And Mikey Whipwreck, he was, um, he was my trainer. He was also in the original ECW, who was very good friends with Tommy Dreamer, who was like the head of like signing new guys to developmental contracts at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, like right below John Laurinaitis at the time. And uh, he put in like a little, you know, like, hey, maybe these kids should be in this tryout. You know, a little. I'm not saying he got us in, but I think he got us in. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And uh, so we went to this tryout. It was before a live event at the NASA Coliseum. Um, excuse me, <clears throat> Kurt Hawkins and I. And, um, it was a horrible, we did horrible. <laughs> we did not do well. We were not, um, hundred percent prepared for what was going on, but I think they needed to sign someone from these tryouts and we were wearing matching gear. And I think they were like, uh, let's just sign those two kids who, <laughs> who, who look alike. Yeah, they look good. Yeah, yeah, because like there were some people like wearing like sweatpants yeah, and like yeah. gym clothes and we were like all done up in our matching tag team gear. Okay. And I mean, that's what I think happened because I thought when I left that tryout, I thought for sure I'm like, well, it's cool. Like I'll get another tryout one day. Blah, blah, experience. Blah. Sure. <laughs> learning experience. And like a week or so later, I'm pumping gas and Tommy Dreamer calls me and tells me they're hiring me um, and I got to go to Georgia for, for developmental. Wow. That yeah. must have been a, a great day. Now, did was Kurt somebody you just met at the school? How did you guys – were you childhood friends? How did you guys uh, it, It's become- like I, we – had the exact like same life like half hour apart and never knew <laughs> each other apart. <laughs> uh, except he was like uh, an athlete in high school and I wasn't uh, I was a backyard wrestler uh, um, but we started at the uh, the same wrestling school uh, New York Wrestling Connection and um, at first we hated each other because we were like the same size we kind of looked the same and we were more like competition for each other than anything uh-huh. you know so like uh, I don't like this guy because he's, he's kind of like me. I got to make sure I'm a little better than him and, and vice versa. And one day it was someone's idea like, hey, you guys look alike. Why don't you be a team? Um, and like I don't think anyone gets in the business like I want to be the <laughs> tag team of the world one yeah, day. You yeah. know, so that wasn't that didn't, never even crossed my mind. Yeah. Um, but then we started hanging out. We realized we both had this love for wrestling figures. And uh, then we started being like friends outside of the business, outside of the ring. And that really helped us, um, you know, form our team and, and, and put everything towards that. Yeah. That's so funny. So you had the same life a half hour apart, but the, yeah. <laughs> I guess it was destiny. Uh, like so, this, so like, I, I, I was shows and stuff, but yeah. never, never knew each other. That's, that's crazy. I, I always fi- find it interesting because this was past my time by a number of years and I knew kind of, I knew how it worked back in the day, how guys were brought in. Uh, you know, where they still had uh, somewhat of, of these independent operations around the country still existing. And so they could spot talent. And of course, people would send their three quarter inch tape or their VHS in. Sure. You know, <laughs> people would look at them. But it was a different order. Uh, it, it's interesting how it changed. 
but um, you know they, they call these deal developmental you know contracts. What exactly did that mean? That you were going to they were going to uh, train you, but you were going to pretty much be enhancement talent. How did those agreements work when they came in? What did they tell you they were going to do with you? Well, now it's like completely different because NXT is not even a developmental. NXT is a right. third brand, basically. So it's to- it's changed again. You know, but at the time, um, they had OVW in Louisville, and they had just opened Deep South Wrestling in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, they, they told us Atlanta, Georgia, but it was really McDonough, Georgia, like 45 minutes outside of Atlanta where there was two roads and nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we moved down there, and that was my first time moving away from home because I went to a community college. I was just living at home. So this was kind of like my college and wrestling at the same time. So I had a blast. Um, and we trained every day. Bill DeMott was the, uh, the head trainer. Um, Dave Taylor was also there. Eventually, uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard was there mm-hmm. and it was just like, you'd go in and you, you, you learn the WWE way. And every, every week we would do a show, a uh, television show. And there was no, there was no guarantee you would ever make it to the, the main roster, you know, right. and you just have to hope and pray that you did. And, uh, while I was there, I saw a bunch of my buddies who, I thought were extremely talented, get released, you know, never even got to make it to WWE. So there were no guarantees that you would ever, ever make it. And, um, we were, we were young kids there. We were 21 years old and, uh, you know, practice. I mean, you could, you could read some things like online about deep South. It it was rough and it was hard, but we loved it because, you know, it was such a tight knit group. There's probably, I would say less than 30 of us. So we would be like suffering during the day at practice, you know, cause practice was rough. But then afterwards, we'd all be getting lunch together or going out and hanging out together. So it was a it was a family environment for us. Yeah. Who were some of the uh, guys that w- that went on to do well that uh, came up through that class? Oh yeah, some of the guys. Um, Kofi Kingston mm-hmm. was there. Uh, Tyson Kidd, Natalia, uh, MVP, wow. uh, Luke Luke Gallows, uh, Connor from the Ascension, uh, Hawkins and Ryder, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch of people. Yeah. But well, uh, but it sorry, is amazing <laughs> though that, that coming through there and um, oh, the great Kali. How could I forget him? Uh, yeah, how could you at all? <laughs> um, so, when did they start letting you be involved in some shows? Because you did start appearing on 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 television. Uh, when did that? When did that in the middle of your training, or how did how did that work? Well, every once in a while, they they'd pick a they'd pick a person up and they they test them on on the house shows on a loop of house shows just to you know see what they got you know maybe guys they they saw potential in who they wanted to bring up to uh, the main roster but not yet just to and give the guys some main roster experience so we did a couple loops like that and then um, I believe it was late April of 2007 they announced that they were closing Deep South Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And they were going to start FCW, which became NXT. Right. So we had this whole meeting that, okay, a couple of you guys are going to move to OVW and a couple of you guys or the rest of you guys are going to move to this brand new FCW. Mm-hmm. So Hawkins and I were chosen to move to OVW, which we thought was cool. Like is OVW, you know, that's where everybody like John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, all those guys came from. So we wanted to, to be an OVW, you know, try that out. Yeah. And in that week of us moving is when we got the call to debut on the main roster. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and that was May, May 2007. God, that must have been a whirlwind. Oh, my I mean, God. I, I not, it, it was just amazing even, like you said, to sign a contract. But after, you know, 
having this dream? What was that to, to get the call up? I guess it's, you'd like it. They call it getting called to the big show. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those nights that I'll, I'll never, ever forget. Um, we were, we were booked to be like enhancement talent Yeah. and who got the upset win. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. almost like one, two, three kids style. Yeah. And, uh, and then it just stuck. But the, 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 we were the major brothers. We were supposed to be twin brothers there. Yeah. Uh, Brian and Brett Major. I was Brett Major. And it just it just never really took off. Because mm-hmm. um, we had been pitching that we wanted to be like an 80s style tag team, but be heels. Because like the white meat baby faces in 2007 were getting booed out of the building. Uh-huh. So we wanted to be so over the top, goofy and happy that people hated us. <laughs> But they, they, they wanted us to be over the top, goofy and happy, but have people cheer us. It just didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And you knew that. <laughs> oh, right away. Right away. It's funny and how they within, let you know. <laughs> yeah. And within a couple of months, we were we were uh, just sitting in catering every week, just eating that catering, eating, yeah. that, eating that free food. And um, at the time, we still had to go to OVW. So we would do all the OVW commitments do our WWE commitments, go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But there was really nothing for us on the main roster. Mm-hmm. And every so often, um, a bunch of writers and producers from WWE would go down to OVW and, and just see who's down there, you know, see what everyone's got down there and see where everyone's at. And I remember we were at SmackDown and we knew they were all coming the next day, all the producers and writers. Um, and we went to Michael Hayes and said, Hey, like tomorrow, what should we show you? I mean, you know what we do, like we're here, yeah. like, what are we supposed to show you? And he said like, I don't know, show me something different, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, we had this crazy idea, Hawkins and I to like, we had all this edge stuff, like edge shirts, edge merchandise, and we were genuine fans of edge. Like, why don't we be edges lackeys? Why don't we pitch to be edges lackeys? Mm. And, uh, so we had a practice match the next day and instead of our – so we would treat it like a real show, like the entrance music. You right. do an entrance and you would even cut a little promo for the writers. So instead of our generic major brother music, Edge music hit. Mm-hmm. And then we came out dressed as Edge and we, we cut a promo or a little skit pretending that we were on the phone with Edge. Like I forget exactly what it was. Something about like getting his coffee, basically being his little errand boys, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and they loved it. Wow. They loved it. And – um that kind of got the the ball moving for us to become the edge heads. Um, edge was out with an injury and we had to pitch it to edge, <laughs> you know, and we didn't really know edge yeah, I was at all. Ask you, when did you... It's like a high and by kind of relationship. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I think either Hawkins got his, his number or his email and, uh, pitched him the idea. And I want to say within a couple weeks, we were debuting in the main event of a pay-per-view dressed as Edge, helping him win the World Heavyweight title. Yeah, that's that's very cool. And I know you, you've gotten to know Edge over the years now and, and know what a, a really a great guy he is. Oh, the best. And, sure. and uh, you know, I've had a chance to work with him and Christian a couple of times with their, on their show and, and gotten to know them a bit. Uh, and I just love a lot of times to sit around and Tommy, you know, is a really close oh, friend yeah. of theirs. <laughs> and to hear them tell these stories about their coming up and, and them, you know, going – uh, trying to trying to get their way in, and I remember them telling a story last time. They're they're kind of uh, talking about the first time they encountered you know a big superstar and how they approached him. And and I Christian I can't remember who the superstar was, but he said he went up to him you know and kind of sidled over to him and said, Hey, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a professional wrestler too. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was like the dumbest thing he ever said. Right. And the guy's like, that's, that's cool. Good, good for you, man. And, <laughs> but, uh, I, I'm sure that when you pitch this thing to Edge and you finally got to meet him and realize, you know, he's, he's, he's another guy's just working and, and, uh, you know, wants to help people along too. Is that, was that pretty much your impression once you got to know him? For sure. And, and, yeah. and he totally helped us because, I, I truly believe that if we didn't become the edgeheads, yeah. that Brian and, Brett, Brett, Brian and Brett Major would have been released within six months. Because yeah. during that time, you know, I've been in WWE for over a decade now. I've seen a lot of people come and go. And there, yeah. there used to be these these mass uh, releases at, at every couple months. And I for sure believe we would have been in those releases if it wasn't for Edge taking a chance with us. Yeah. So I, I owe him. I mean, I owe him so much. Yeah. But Pretty it's also, everything. yeah, but Zach, also on the other side of that, that you guys said, we've got to do something different. And, uh, right. you know, I've told the story when I was, uh, when I auditioned as an announcer and, you know, they used to bring people up to Stanford and I was living in New York City at the time and I took the train and I, you know, I was an outsider to the business. I didn't know a whole lot about it. I you know, did a, a lot of homework over a period of about two weeks and I went up there and I can't even remember how many other guys were auditioning that day. But um, I, I remember that Bruce Pritchard was there, and I think Vince was back in the, you know, had come over to do, you know, I don't even know if he was paying attention. But I knew that I had to do something different to stand out from these guys because everything was, the, you know, you read this, you do a little play-by-play, they try, you have, you have you sell the broom. And I had thought about on the train, what if I get a chance to do something? I came up with this stupid skit uh, that I would, and I remember they were just getting ready, getting ready to dismiss me. And I said, because um, I just like, I got to do it. And I said, uh, <laughs> can I just do one, one more thing? It's just something I, you know, want to do on the side here. And, and I remember Bruce going, uh, yeah, sure. And I did this. And I, to this day, I, you know, because I know Eric Bischoff had auditioned, not at the same time, but he talked about later and he didn't get called back. I really believe that that was, you know, coming up with that stupid, whatever the hell it was, at least it stood out. And that's, right. I think that's a classic example of what you talk about here. You guys realize <clears throat> we got to do something for them to notice us. And thank you, know, and it's great that as it went on that Edge appreciated it too. But, you know, I think you got to give yourself credit. And I think people listening that, you know, take that to heart. You know, that's something, hey. You got to stand out, find something. It, it may not even make any sense at the time, right. but the fact that you took that shot, right? And uh, yeah. it, it worked. So going up, of, I mean, what was yeah. that, you know, uh, did you feel, okay, maybe we got a shot now? Maybe we're going to, you know, really crack this roster? Well, absolutely, because we went from literally sitting in catering to being yeah. involved in matches with guys like Batista, Undertaker, Shawn yeah. Michaels, Ric Flair. Wow. So it was this crash course of, um, you know, sink or swim, mm-hmm. and 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 we the stuff we learned from these guys, invaluable stuff, you know, to to work with these main eventers, truly main eventers, you know, our first WrestleMania was being involved in the main event, mm. and to, and to sit and and sit with uh, Undertaker and Edge and and hear them go over the match, wow. and we're involved in this. It was like. This is unbelievable stuff. Yeah, I, people, I, I, people would pay to hear this stuff, and we're and we're getting to be a part of it, and we're getting paid. Yeah, you know what? Else, what else is fascinating too? Because, uh, and I have to imagine for you, because you were a, a super fan, uh, you know, and to be around these guys, 
and I'm always <laughs> fascinated. Like, how do you keep your your shit together? I think it's the best way to oh, put God, it because right. when you're around these people and you have to be, you got to perform. And sure. uh, how did you do that? I mean, because really, you you had to have been. You've got to be looking at these guys, going, uh, uh, you know, poke me. Am I am I really here? Am I sitting here? Right. And and because we were so young, and I felt like when we got on the roster. To me, at least, everyone felt like grown men, you know, yeah. like Undertaker, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, all those guys. And it's just like Hawkins and I are, I think, 21, maybe 22 at the time. Like, what are we doing here? But we had to just adjust and we had to put on that 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 game ready face yeah. and uh, right. we had to just do the work. Yeah, yeah, we're one of the boys. That's right. Hey, that's exactly. right. We're, we're supposed to we're, 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 we're supposed to be here. Exactly. Um and you formed some great relationships over the years. We mentioned, you know, Edge and, and well, like Dolph Ziggler and John sure. Cena. Um, how did these guys help you along the way? I mean, you're you're really young at this point. Uh, did they must have appreciated that they were at that point somewhere in sometime in their careers, or were just were there just guys that really stood out? Um, I think you know. Um... Like later on, when when the whole like edge thing didn't work out, well, yeah. not that it didn't work out, yeah. but it ran its course, you know. Yeah. And then I uh, Hawkins and I broke up, and I was doing my own thing, you know. I, I again, I wanted to be different, so I cut my hair and started wearing goofy headband and sunglasses, wearing one legged tights at one time, mm-hmm. and trying to be this Long Island douchebag. And eventually, like that was cool for a while, and then it kind of wasn't really going anywhere again. And that's when I started that YouTube show. Uh, in February of 2011, that was another thing, like a sink or swim, either get noticed or get fired, but yeah. either way, create some sort of buzz. And there was no master plan. It was just, I had this this flip cam, which I don't even think they make flip cams anymore, with now with cell phones having like that crystal clear video. Yeah. But I started making these no stupid microphone. little- No microphone, you don't have a- Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I started making these little uh, YouTube shows, and they were they evolved. They were skits, and then like my friends were cast members. My dad was in it. And it was guys like, like Cena, who I think loved that initiative- Right. And he would, you know, he would tweet about it or he even like appeared on one of the episodes and just getting that 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 shove or that stamp of approval from him was huge. Zach, uh, that is awesome. And uh, I want to get to another subject here. But before we do that, I want to take time out to speak to all of my very smart business people out there listening to PTSM. And uh, they're very smart. There's no question about it. But you know what's not smart? Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of wrong resumes. But you know what is smart? ZipRecruiter.com slash primetime. That's right. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't wait for candidates to find you. ZipRecruiter finds them for you. It's a powerful matching technology, and it scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and the experience for your job, the one you're trying to fill. And it also actively invites those people to apply. So you absolutely get qualified candidates fast. Now, no more sorting through the wrong resumes, no more waiting for the right candidates to apply. And with that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the US. And that rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over a thousand reviews. When you have a thousand reviews, that absolutely means something. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, okay? Uh, Make a note, whatever you gotta do, write it down. Here it is, ZipRecruiter.com 
slash primetime. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash P-R-I-M-E-T-I-M-E. ZipRecruiter.com slash primetime. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I also want to talk about uh, how, like, I don't think people really understand the competition at that level. That, and the only way, thing I can liken it to is, I, you know, I tell people, okay, you've got the NFL, and you've got all these teams, and then the roster is, during the season, maybe 50-something, you know, 53, I think it is, or whatever, uh, or even, even uh, you, know, you know, all these different sports. Now, okay, and they are the elite athletes of the world. Okay, so right. you, uh, look how many hundreds there are, though, that still are allowed to play in that league. At any given time, um, maybe now, I don't know, maybe at that period of time, there was 100 superstars. Think about that. I was going to say, like, this. Yeah, think about that. It's got to be less than 100, yeah. if not, I mean, or just over 100. Yeah, because yeah. I remember is, during my time, because I, I, I had actually counted the roster, I was going through, you know, the old names, and, and it would vary between, say, 53 to 60-something. I know that, you know, because it was much bigger, but still less than a hundred. Uh, have people, I mean, how could you make people understand the, the, the level of competition that you've got to try and get noticed, to get a push? Right. And it's always like, what, what have you done for me lately? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and, and that's, and that's the name of the game. And, and sometimes I even, even today I have to step back and be like, whoa, like, you know, you are in WWE. You know how many people want to be here? You know how many thousands of people have tried to be here or are still trying to be here? And you've been here. And, and I haven't been there for a cup of coffee. I've been there for over right. a decade. Yeah. And I, I could probably count a couple, uh, couple fingers how many people have lasted longer than I have. And I'm talking like without any stops in their run. And granted, okay, I haven't had a Hulk Hogan, like Hulkamania run, all right, but I've been here. I'm yeah. still here. And that's kind of, you know, I'm surviving. And uh, and, I, and I'm proud of that. something I'm very, very proud of, that I've always found a way, you know, when, when everyone has counted me out. Even even maybe I started to count myself out, I found a way. Yeah. And and that's, that's the story of my career, yeah. whether it be the Edgeheads, or the YouTube show. There's so many different times where, like, oh, you thought Zach was out? Nope. Yeah. One, two, kick out. You know. Yeah. Uh, and getting back to the to YouTube channel, and you said you started this in, in 2011 in February that year. Uh, were you a big YouTube fan? Uh, did you see the possibilities in there, or was it kind of born out of I've got to find a stage and this might be it? Well, you know, I, I watched a couple of things on YouTube, and yeah. and I'm not. I'm not saying I'm the, there was also WWE.com, like, like Miz and Morrison had their own video, like, uh, like video series prior or like Santina Morella, but those were, you know, and while they did get involved with the creative, but like at the end of the day, WWE did it, mm-hmm. you know, they put it together. Yeah. They, they filmed it. Yeah. They edited everything. Right. This was all me. And I, I'm not like this tech savvy guy, believe it or not. So I was teaching myself how to edit on iMovie, how to even upload. It was impossible at first. And, um, I just knew I needed to create some sort of content. So show, show everyone my voice, Mm -hmm. because if if I wasn't on TV, they, they, you know, how would they know what my personality is? How would they know what my character is? All that BS, you know, I needed to create, um, some sort of not only a creative outlet for my mind, but something for like for me to get out there, like a promotional tool. Yeah. And and that's what it was. And it kind of it kind of uh 
well, not kind of, it snowballed. It, it completely did. And, and in ways that I, I guess could have like, could have hoped for, but never really imagined yeah, yeah. that. When did you notice so, that though? After, I, I mean, how many episodes? Because, you know, I went back and I looked at some of the first, uh, first few of them. And, and it's funny because you were talking about, you, know, you didn't know what you're doing, whatever. And I love like the little, the wipes you were doing that were coming in and out. Oh, and God, yeah. come in. You know, now they just, it's jump cut, jump cut, jump cut. And people that's sure. very acceptable. But, um, but how, after how many episodes, because it really was organic, which is awesome. And I think that's the only reason uh, what, in many ways why it really worked, because you know, we'll get into the, uh, when, they, when the WWE kind of put you in a situation where you, you know, had to go to their YouTube channel. But uh, after how many episodes really did you start to see, like, holy, wait a minute, people are actually you know, watching this? I would say, so I started in February. Yeah. I would say by like WrestleMania that time. So I think that's like episode seven or so. Um, cause I remember there was a, a press conference, a WrestleMania press conference and someone who was in the media, he went up to John Cena, the Miz and triple H on the red carpet and asked about my show. And they all said something. And I used that footage like on my show that week. I'm like, this is actually, this is actually taken off. And, and, um, I, I did something with like, uh, they had made a Zack Ryder t-shirt and I did something where if you bought the shirt and tweeted me a picture, I would mail you an autograph. So I was really mm. mailing people these autographs. And I think between uh, you know the autographs and and me doing my own show, the, like you said, it's it was authentic and and fans saw that it was me doing it, me trying, me pushing myself, me me just trying to get noticed, and they wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. And for instance, they would bring um, Zach Ryder signs to the shows, and I would have someone uh, screen grab like Raw. And then send me that picture, and then I would post like sign of the week, yeah. and it would it would um, it would entice fans to bring more signs because they wanted to be a part of this rider revolution. Yeah, and in some ways, and I'm and I'm not taking anything away from your talent here, but um, it was also a way, you know, people don't like to be told this is what you have to like. You know what I mean? Where where as the WWE say, okay, here is this storyline, and this is we're going to give it. They got <clears throat> through you, and and you helped that it happen. You basically got to start to create your own storyline in this, and they they got to to control it by telling the WWF or WWE. I sorry, <laughs> I still go back, but you know out. what I'm saying. They were able to with the chance at the arenas, and you and uh, you know after you couldn't ignore it, right? You, know, you, could, you can't take you can't take that out. You can't unsweeten it. You know. <laughs> right, and they were they were chanting "We want Ryder" to shows <laughs> that I wasn't even at, yeah. and that was such a great great feeling. Uh, it, it is. And, and uh, were you also smart to these other social platforms? Did you use Twitter as well? Were you, you know, were you with that, uh, you know, you'd have this cohesiveness between it or? Did this yeah. And, and, and this was before Instagram. So like, it's the thing is like at the time I was like 25, yeah. 26, maybe. So like my friends were using Twitter, my friends were using Facebook, my friends yeah. were, you know, so like I was just doing like the things like, my friends and I would do, but as Zack Ryder. Yeah. So it was like everyone just wanted to be friends or broskies with Zack Ryder. So I was using all those tools. Yeah, and I, you had this cast of characters, I think, is the best way to describe it. But oh, yeah. uh, where did all the stuff of the broskies, the woo, 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 uh, is, was that you know, stuff that you guys said when you were younger? Where, where did all that all, all come from? The, uh, the, when, when Hawkins and I split up and we kind of had – because at the time, Edge was out with an injury and it was just Hawkins and Ryder. But nobody knew who was who. We were just like the Edge guys. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, Shawn Michaels cut a promo 
on Raw uh, promoting a match we had with him, and he forgot our names and just called us the Edge Guys. <laughs> you know, like nobody yeah. knew who we were. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame him. Yeah. So I knew that once we split up, this was my chance to be as different as possible. Like if you stood me next to like Zack Ryder, the Edgehead, I didn't want to look anything like him. So I cut my hair. I, yeah. I started. Uh, wearing one-legged tights, look as ridiculous as possible, sunglasses, headband. And really what it was, was I was trying to be a version of myself that I would hate. Like a version of, like, if you were to close your eyes and think of someone, like, from Long Island. Like, Long Island douchebag, I think you described it. Like, this was before all that Jersey Shore stuff. Right, yeah. So people are like, oh, you are you were a Jersey Shore ripoff. It, it makes me so yeah, mad. Right, no, they copied me. This was me. before. Um, <laughs> but I tried to be everything that I would hate if I was out. So I like pop my collar up and, mm. and wear obnoxious colors. And the woo 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 was something I would say with my friends, like out of the bar, like if a hot girl walked by I'd say like woo 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 to like try to get her attention. Yeah. We thought it was funny, but it was also annoying. So yeah. it became my, my catchphrase in wrestling. Oh, that's so funny. And eventually it became something people were chanting at Madison square garden. Yeah. Well, yeah, Zach, really, uh, and I don't know if you give yourself the credit, but you were really a, a trailblazer in this sense. And that's why I was, uh, one of the things I really wanted to talk to, to you about was this, that, um, and maybe looking back, maybe now you realize it more, but the fact that you were utilizing all this before the people really knew what you could do with those platforms. And then on top of this, and you're seeing it today, and we'll, we'll, I want to get into this also, but... You even saw early on there that what it could do to affect merchandise. You were selling oh t-shirts. I think you were one of the top uh, performing superstars with merchandise. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I had sunglasses, headbands. Yeah. I had wigs, t-shirts. Bro, I have I showed you. I I, I kept like one of everything. Mm. I have a box in my garage. Like they're Broski slippers, <laughs> the most a garden gnome, ridiculous <laughs> things. You name it, they made it. Oh, that's so funny. I got to see the garden gnome. You got to post a picture oh, of that. The, the, it's a Zack Ryder garden gnome. Yeah. Unbelievable. So this this works. It it, it really, it, it, it forces you back into the limelight. They cannot ignore you. Right. Uh, so, and do you remember the, and I don't know if it was grudgingly, or did they say, hey, uh, you know, I, I always wondered, how did they take that? Did they Were they offended by the fact you got these fans and damn it? We can't ignore this guy, or did they say, "Hey, he's onto something"? Let's. How was what was the one, reaction? One, I don't, I don't like living with regrets, but one of my biggest regrets um, was not going to Vince McMahon personally at this time and kind of asking what the deal is because now I can only speculate. Yeah. You know, right. so I don't know if it was, oh, let's just use this guy and shut people up, or oh, let's see what he's got. You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I can't speculate. And that I wish I would have found out for myself, yeah. and uh, that that's on me, you know. Um, but they ended up did uh, they did start to use me, and you know I started the year as nothing, being forced to start this YouTube show. I ended the year as the United States champion. Yeah. So 2011 was a hell of a year for me, uh, and then it all kind of started going downhill. <laughs> yeah. Well. That is, you, you were, you're not a unique story there. And, and as we mentioned about how things work, um, you know, they turn on a dime in, in the WWE. And, and there are a few exceptions. There's certainly you've got the John Cena's and the, you know, guys that have been able to ride the wave and, and uh, it never, never crests. But it, this is the way it works. Um, how, did you, how do you 
at this point because they, I think you said it was about a few months in, maybe, I don't know, four or five months in, and they already were coming to you and say, hey, we want to bring your YouTube channel to our, our YouTube channel. They'd made a deal. Um, but did you know then that, God, they're going to ruin this that because it's well, not going to have that uh, organic feel? It's not going to be my viewers anymore. It's going right, to be what? a product right. of WWE. At, at first, they wanted me to move the channel to WWE.com or move my show to WWE.com. I said, absolutely not. Like, that's not that's not cool. Like, people yeah. don't go to WWE.com to watch. Yeah, yeah they, they go to YouTube to watch, you know, their, their, their cool videos, you know. Yeah. So I said, like, absolutely not. I said, no way. No way am I doing this. And I was starting to get a little bit of balls, you know, because, like, what I was doing was working. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of uh, – not kind of, but I was – I was gaining confidence in myself and gaining confidence in what I could bring to the table. Right. And, um, but a year had gone by of me doing the show and it was presented to me that WWE was going to do their own YouTube channel and that my show was going to be like the show or that was like the selling point, you know, cause there was no other show at that point. Yeah. It was just me. So I oh, guess you had I don't the know numbers that- too. Right. So I don't know exactly how it was presented. I wasn't involved in any of those meetings. Mm. Um, But also when I started this YouTube show, I didn't want to be a YouTube. I didn't want to have a YouTube show. I wanted to get noticed. and That was it. You know what I'm saying? Like that was it. So once I won the United States title, I think that was a perfect ending. You started from the beginning. You worked up a whole year. You won the title. Now you're on TV. You know, goodbye YouTube show. Yeah. You know, I was done. And, And like I said, I was the one filming this, writing this, editing it. So on my days off, this is all I was doing. Work. This was my yeah. life. It was yeah. my – to somebody watching it, be like, oh, this part is like five minutes. But no, it took yeah. me all two or three days I was home. Yeah. So I didn't want to do it anymore, not yeah. because I don't want to put in hard work, but it, it got me to where I wanted to be. I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be successful, and I was in that spot. I was done. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of presented to me like – we're bringing this to WWE's YouTube channel and you have to do it for another year. Ugh. And I'm like, another year. Oh God. I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, and in the first year, what made it so successful, I was doing things like, like tongue in cheek. I'd be climbing over a fence and somebody would be like, Zach, what do you do? And I'd say, I'm trying to get over <laughs> or, or, or some, some big jacked yeah. up guy would yeah. push me. And I get in his face and say, nobody pushes Zach Ryder. You know? So I was doing a lot of things like that. Yeah. But you Nobody can't pushes do those... Zack Ryder except Vince McMahon. <laughs> right. yeah. You can't do those kind of jokes Give me a push. Like when you're the U.S. champion. It's done. Yeah. And yeah. you can't take shots at WWE while you're on the WWE channel. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And I expressed my concerns, and I was promised that I would, you know, uh, I would – oh, here's another thing. I would still have to film, edit, and do all the work by myself. Oh, gee, thanks, but, guys. Yeah. yeah. But I would uh, – but I would – now it became a job. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because. Yep. I tried every week. I put it up like let's say Thursday, right? But I, sometimes it was up at three, sometimes it was up at four, sometimes up at twelve. Mm. But now it had to be in like the day before, early, so WWE could approve it, and upload it, and do all the logistics. Yeah. So now it was a job, and now there was pressure, and uh, it just was not fun anymore. And now the, yeah. in the second half, the second fifty, there's a couple gems, a couple good segments in there, but the heart and soul of that show is the first fifty episodes. Yeah, and, and did you monetize your channel? I mean, at that I, time, I, I did not because oh, man. I did not because yeah. I I don't own Zack Ryder. It's a WWE intellectual property. Oh, really? 
So I didn't even want to like get into yeah. that where yeah. where I, now I was doing something illegal. Yeah. As a matter of fact, a, a number of times my videos were shut down for using WWE footage. Guys, I'm like, I'm in WWE. Yeah. <laughs> I had to, I, I had to contact WWE. Like, I'm in WWE. <laughs> Can you put my video back up? <laughs> yeah. Wow. But uh, yeah, like you said, as 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 uh, as high as the highs, that you there's lows and lows in the, in the oh, WWE boy. and people. That's another thing that uh, you know it's hard to understand. Is is people thinking, well, God, you're there, so you must it just must be wonderful, you know, rainbows and everything. <laughs> and that's not the case. I mean, it, it's it's tough work, and the and the stress, uh, you know, is 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 amazing. It it's it it wears on you, and this is day after day after day after day, uh, you know. How did you get through this? That that was a tough time, and and you would make it back uh, to the greatest day of your life. But how do you get through that period of time? Um, when when I saw everything like slipping away from me, and and all my hard work literally getting flushed down the toilet, yeah. uh, it, it was it was heartbreaking uh, mm-hmm. on so many levels. And again, that's a time where I wish I would have manned up, knocked on Vince's door and asked him what was going on, but I didn't. So we'll never know. And again, that is on me. I accept full responsibility of what happened to me. Um, but it it sucked. And I was very, uh, I was very bitter at the time. And, um, you know, now I have a different looking back. I have a different, uh, perspective on everything. You know, I should have taken control. I should have I should have, like I said, went to Vince directly and, and asked what was going on. At least so I knew. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I could have maybe done something about it, but, um, yeah, to, to see all that hard work literally disappear, um, it sucked. It, it really did. And, um, you know, now like I've been there for, so I started in 2007 on the roster and now it's not even a year it is 2018. So yeah. over almost 12 years on the roster Jeez. i've yeah. i've had the highest of highs the lowest yeah. of lows but you know what like of course the end goal is to is for me to be the 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 WWE champion you know i want to be that grand slam champion um but there's only a couple of things you can control in this business i've learned you know like you can control your your attitude your physique and your gear that's about it yeah, yeah that's about you it know? right that's about it um so I, 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 I try not to let um, the good or the bad really affect me because in this business, um, and it's happened to me personally many times, it can change for better or worse overnight. Yeah. Well, and as you I think saw, I, I, I mean, hope, I've seen it both ways many times. Yeah. And, and they so, can't take away what you've accomplished. I mean, uh, you were absolutely. a tag team champion, um, uh, the U.S. champion, as you mentioned, but uh, – all this internet really to yeah the internet oh, let's not forget the <laughs> WWE internet champion which I love the belt um, but the intercontinental championship and even those maybe these reigns were short lived but um, happened once that's all that matters yeah and and, and that half has to be uh, the crown jewel I mean the for your your career and it, uh, I know it's a, probably a longer story but how that all came to be because like you said it was there were some tough times in there and then get to get that opportunity. Um, how did it, how did it all happen? Well, I mean, from like the end of the YouTube run to about then I was kind of in limbo. Uh, you know, I got rid of 
the 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 headband and the glasses. I tried to be a little more serious, you know. I tried growing my hair out a little bit, then I cut it, and I was wearing long tights and back to trunks. I was just trying anything to just get something. I even tried doing another YouTube show. I call it a trilogy. Yeah. Uh, it's called Last Resort. Check it out. It's still up there. Oh man. Oh boy, is it bitter. <laughs> <laughs> How many episodes? Three, a trilogy, three. Oh, did, did somebody say that? Zach, stop. So it did, to, it yeah. did. It did really take off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and yeah, the E true my... uh, comeback story. That was, yeah. Well, that was, that yeah. that came after the um, yeah. Right. But yeah. Uh, getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. So it was a kind of a couple of years just floating, not not yeah. doing really anything, and uh, I don't know. It was just like just my lost years, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and one day it was presented to me that I'd be going down to NXT to start teaming with Mojo Raleigh and we'd be the hype bros. Mm -hmm. And my initial reaction was, Oh, come on. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a tag team. I don't want to team with this guy. I don't want to be in NXT, but like I thought about it. I I was like down about it for about five minutes. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make this work. Mm-hmm. This could be my shot. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make this work. So I remember I, I DM Mojo on Twitter. We started talking about ideas. And for about a year or so, I would be going to NXT on all my off days. So I would do all the WWE commitments, all whatever live events I was on, the TV shows. And then I would go to NXT and do all their TV shows, all their live events. So I was going from so from you know 20,000 seat arenas to going you know, to 150 people in an armory. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it was like... It was a, oh man, I just had to just bite, bite my tongue, swallow my ego and make it work. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, along the way I heard these, these rumblings that, that at Vince had, had saw me, um, wrestling. I think it was a, a match on main event or superstars, not even raw, you know, the, the, the matches they tape before. Right. And he said something like, you know, why aren't we doing anything with this guy? And I was like, Vince said that about me. Like, wow, that's, yeah. that's, that's awesome. Like maybe something will start happening. Who knows? Um, and then I heard that I was on this list to be in, uh, the ladder match of WrestleMania that year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, what? Like, how, yeah. how am I, how am I going to be in this? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, a couple of weeks later I was taken off the list, but to me, it was still kind of cool that I was even considering because yeah. right. Considering that for the past two or three years, I've been doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it sucks to say, but Neville, um, was supposed to be in that ladder match, and he got injured on a, a Monday Night Raw. He got injured. Uh, I believe he broke his leg or his ankle or something. He was out. Yeah. Out. So the next day, uh, I found uh, Road Dog, and uh, I, I just pleaded my case to him. I said, if anyone deserves to be in this match, it's me. I just went off. I don't remember, I don't remember everything I said, but uh, apparently one of the things I said was, I've never heard my music play at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that was just like a throwaway throwaway line that came you know popped in my head i wasn't like planning this like i'm gonna say this one line about my music i wasn't planning that at all it just happened and uh later on in the day he pulled me aside he said hey what you said to me about that music it really like got to me and you know i don't know who talked to who blah 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 blah. long story short i'm in the match i was like you gotta be kidding me like and like it's still not official yet but they're like no it's official we gotta i think they had to go print the programs or the t-shirts that night or the next day so they needed the list yeah and I'm like, oh my god! So I couldn't believe it. I was going to be in this WrestleMania match for the Intercontinental Title. I, I've been in like a giant, like twelve man. I think it was a twelve man tag or a ten man tag at WrestleMania before, but I don't really count that. You know, we all it was like Team Teddy Long versus Team 
John Lauren. Yeah. So I came out to Teddy Long's music. I was wearing a T-shirt with Teddy Long's head on it. <laughs> doesn't doesn't really count, right, you know. Right, yeah. So to finally, uh, you know, be at WrestleMania having a match, hearing yeah. my music play, uh, that was going to be my dream come true. And then I win. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. Oh. So how did that co- I mean? Like you said, how do you go from just getting in the match to them saying, "We're gonna work this angle with him. We're gonna." And, and I don't know exactly yeah. what happened. Really? I don't know. Really? I don't know if they wanted a feel good moment. That's. I don't know if they wanted a surprise, but they got both. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that place exploded when I won. Whether it be uh, people being happy or like, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah. <laughs> you know. And um, my dad genuinely jumped the barricade and slid into the rig, which created a whole another moment like that is like to me, like when I think of like my greatest moment in mm. WWE, it's me hugging my dad, like yeah. holding that intercontinental title in the middle of the ring at WrestleMania. Jeez. Um, and luckily, like I'd been around for so long. My dad had been around so long that all the security guys knew him and didn't attack him. Yeah, right. And yeah, we know what happens when you go in the ring. They, yeah. They jump like, yeah. <laughs> It's fair game, yeah. Um, and then, in typical Zack Ryder fashion, I lost the title the next day. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but you can't—they can't take it away but, from you, right? 100%. I mean, those credentials—that's that's Hall of Fame worthy. Uh, Zach. Hey, dare thank I you very dare much. I utter this? But I'm telling you, and uh, really, not just the fact that you you lasted as long as you you have in the WWE, but you've contributed uh, a great deal, and and I really I I mean this. Uh, that that's one thing, and I've had a conversation. I, you know, I had a conversation with my son the other day. I said, you know, that's what really stands out to me about Zach is that he is he is such a great example of that that uh, persistence and that never give up and having a dream. And uh, you know, that you know, I, I, I'm going to be proven right here. I think at some point in one day, but um, really, I think that that certainly could happen with you. Um, before I let you go, though, I wanted to ask you. Uh, uh, your thoughts on on what we're seeing happening now with um, you know like what we saw in, uh, outside of Chicago with Cody and the Young Bucks with the All In and the fact that these guys are really controlling their own destiny now the the business is changing in a sense that these guys are calling the shots and it's for everything from uh, now being able to create their own events and promote them uh, they, they, the the amount of merchandise these guys are selling and it's theirs nobody else has is 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 grabbing a piece of this. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on where you see this going and what these guys are doing right now. Uh, I'm super proud of those guys, especially Cody. Cody is one of my best friends. Uh, To see him not only successful but happy you know mm-hmm. i love that for cody and and what they're doing is is great not just for them not just for the fans but for the business you know and yeah. and wrestling it, it's it's growing you know we can't deny that and nxt like i said we were talking about developmental when i was in developmental it was in a store is at a strip mall now it's not developmental now it's the third brand now they have their own action figures they tour they're on yeah. tv they have merchandise you know so like nxt um it's this third brand that wasn't around before, and and they're they're getting all these guys from all these independents. Now these independents are, are are growing too. You know they have they're streaming. You know they they have fans. They have all their own merchandise on stores like Pro Wrestling Tees. So I love that the whole wrestling world is growing, and and that just that just helps everybody. And it's it's a great time to not only be a fan but to be a wrestler. Oh yeah, and do you see? 
I, I just have to wonder that there's got to be some of these guys in the uh, developmentally, uh, you know, ranks there that are looking down who you know have a, a lot of talent. But there's a lot of competition up there. There's a, a lot of politics um, that they're kind of looking at this and saying, hmm, maybe that's not a bad path to, to try to, to, to go after because of what these guys are accomplishing. I mean, at the end of the day, if someone's making money and is happy, yeah. like good for them, that's all that, that, all that matters, you know? And I know for me, like, I, I like I said, I, I think Cody, what he's doing, I'm so proud of him. And for all the guys in NXT, like they're, they're, they're super duper, like hungry and talented down yeah. there. Like they, they put on those takeovers and then it's hard for the WWE roster to, to, to follow it the next night, you know? So everyone is trying to one up everybody else in all avenues and all departments. And I think that's what's going to make this business thrive and get more popular than ever. Yeah. And I think, I think it's good all the way around. I think it's, it's, uh, uh, forcing everybody to raise the bar, whatever side you're on. I think it's great for the WWE. I really do because uh, these guys are getting bigger stages. You, you know, I was uh, at that event, and I'm telling you, it was just amazing. And I think that a lot of these guys are starting to realize, like you did earlier than other people did, that you can create that that direct contact with these people now. If you give, you know, with, for example, with Twitter, uh, somebody puts a comment up there, and you. Uh, either like it, retweet it, or make a comment. For God's sake, you've got that guy for you know for life, and right. that was not the way it was done before. You know the the promoters handled everything and how that interaction was. Uh, I, I just think it's it's great all the way around for the business. Absolutely. And and to your point, like back in the day, if you wanted to talk to a wrestler, you'd, mm-hmm. you know, maybe write him a letter and maybe you'd get a response and maybe that response would actually be from them. But now like there's a possibility they could just write back to you on Twitter. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's a crazy world we live in. And, and I love it. I think it's just going to help this business and help everybody individually. Yeah, and, sure. and you're still, uh, you know, very young. And, and I know in, in the business, you know, the body takes so much, but I... Uh, I feel like else. I've been around for. I'm only 33 yeah. years yeah. old. You know? <laughs> no, like, well, you know, in the NFL, that's old, and you guys take right. take a beating. And then I think worse than these guys. You know, they're you know they're getting a car, they're getting in a car wreck once a week uh, during a season. You guys do it, you know, uh, three or four times a week, a couple times in the weekend sometimes. Um, but I, I just I you know have a feeling that you you know you're certainly not done yet. And the fact that I you you, you stay up on everything that's happening. Um, and and with these new opportunities out there, I'm, I folks just just stay tuned for what's next with Zack Ryder because uh, I, I believe there's still a lot more to come. Yeah, I mean my my motto is uh, oh I have two. It's uh, still here and always ready, and uh, <laughs> and that's and that's what I got to be whenever whenever it's my turn, whenever something something changes, whenever whenever you know I'm called, I need to be ready 100. percent 24 7 365 and that's how you know that's how i live my life live my career and it's paid off so far you know i'm always ready for that next moment the next opportunity and as like cliches it sounds like i have to be be able to make the most of any opportunity i'm given and that's what i've made a career out of doing yeah you absolutely have so uh tell our listeners uh once again how can they listen to the podcast and uh what however else they can get in touch with you well, I'm on Twitter at Zach Ryder. Uh, the podcast, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, comes out every Fridays wherever you uh, find your podcast. We also have a Twitter, Major WF Pod, and um, 
I, I guess if you if you like the uh, the action figure world, check out the podcast. If not, check out the podcast anyway. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say after that, man. It, it's fun, and I'm I, yeah. I I like I said, I don't even have my own uh, <laughs> wrestling I'll talk figure. To Mattel. Yeah, you got to do that Mattel. for me. <laughs> but no, but really, folks, it's 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 a fun listen, and uh, you're going to learn a few things about uh, the collecting business. But uh, Zach, really, it's been a, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. And uh, I, from my heart, man, I believe that you were uh, part of these uh, individuals, one of these individuals who really helped change the business in, in the fact well, of how that really much. that platform and um, it's awesome. And like I said, folks, I, I know Zach Ryder ain't done yet. Not yet. <laughs> one, two, kick out. All right, Zach. Thank you so much. Talk to you thank soon. Thank you. Thanks. Well, once again, another great conversation. I really enjoyed uh, this one with Zach Ryder uh, for a number of reasons. You know, guys, I hope you've been enjoying uh, some of these guests that we've been bringing on. I know that you love to hear from the superstars, and, of course, we're going to hear a lot more from uh, the guys that I was around back in the 80s and the 90s. But uh, I really am enjoying It's an education for me. I hope you're getting a lot out of it actually talking to some of these people. Zach is an example who grew up uh, during that era and, uh, you know, just loved the superstars just like you did and had a dream of becoming a WWE superstar. And he got there, but it was not an easy road. And he found another way to get there. Uh, you know, as uh, I've mentioned many times, a lot of these guys are just inspiring stories in life. And Zach is, I mean, clearly one of those. The guy has cancer in high school. And it wasn't, I mean, it was a major scare in his life. He gets through that. Uh, continues to move forward with his dream, and then uh, you know gets to the WWE, isn't getting where he's, he really wants to get. So what does he do? He he strikes out on his own in a sense, and gets on social media, gets on YouTube, and basically, <laughs> you know they they can't ignore him. They have to put him out there. Had to give him a push, and he definitely made the most of it. And he still hasn't quit. And now he's got you know he's still got stuff going on. So. Uh, I, I hope to have more people like Zach on. I hope that uh, you guys get a lot out of it. Um, but, of course, we will still have uh, some of the great superstars. They're on the list. We're getting them as uh, you know as soon as we can get them. But um, uh, this podcast has evolved, and I really I hope that you guys are still enjoying it. I hope that you also got the chance to join us for our live watch-along this past Sunday. If you did, I know you had a good time. We loved hearing the comments. Uh, we had some glitches, no question about it. Uh, we learned a lot from that broadcast, but I, you know, I just had a ball just interacting with everybody because you know, I don't really get a chance to see and talk to you guys very often. And this was a great opportunity. And we went back and forth with the the Q and A through the text the texts during this uh, you know the broadcast that we did with Crowdcast. But then at the end, what I really really loved was the fact that we got to bring people on, and uh, uh, we gave away a lot of. Uh, pictures and uh, gave away a DVD. And uh, you guys that uh, won, that stuff will be going out this week. So you can expect it. Keep an eye on the mailbox. And you know, I always get this stuff sent out and I will. So, um, but um, I want to hear from you as well to, to tell me, you know, what else you would like to see as far as doing these, these, uh, you know, watch alongs or, you know, I want to involve some superstars and maybe you know, we'll theme them. And uh, maybe just you have somebody on with me and just have an open Q&A interaction that we can do. There's so much we could do with that platform. And I, I really had a great time. But uh, email me at primetimemooney at gmail.com. That's primetimemooney at gmail.com. Uh, let me know what you thought. Give me uh, 
your thoughts on on how we can move forward with it and anything else you want to talk about. Love to hear from you. Okay, so uh, keep an eye on our Facebook page. Of course, we've got uh, videos, uh, or I should say videos with audio uh, for for our YouTube channel. YouTube channel. We keep putting up new material there, so uh, check out our YouTube channel. Also, Facebook, we put all kinds of announcements up there as uh, our our conversations approach uh, every week. And also, we'll be telling you more about what we've got in mind for these these other events that we're putting together. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Primetime Mooney. Uh, other than that, I think everything is good. Oh, yeah, and of course, uh, MooneyTees.com. MooneyTees.com. I saw a few folks picked up some T-shirts. We've got uh, more of those coming. And uh, Adam Morrison, who uh, helps us out with the graphic design, I'm going to get to him. And uh, hopefully we'll get a few more up very soon. We've got some great ideas. Uh, In the meantime, I hope you have a tremendous week. Thanks for listening once again to Primetime with Sean Mooney. I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out.